0: Taking action is actually picking up the phone and calling those people and asking them. Asking them the same questions, how they are doing. And in these calls, many things again can come out. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. If you are new to me, I'm Esther founder of Jumpstart Your School and everything I do around Jumpstart Your School, I do it to help you live the life you had envisioned when you started your school. Before I start, let me ask you, if you like this content, please make sure you subscribe and hit the little bell next to the subscribe button so that you get notifications about new content coming out. In this video, I'm going to share with you my best practices for avoiding dropouts at your teaching business. So avoiding that students walk away during the year, during the course, during the contract they have signed with you. I assume they signed the contract, right? (laughs) So in general when it comes to dropouts there is a part of it, there is a certain percentage that's kind of uh, inevitable I would say between 3 and 8% per year is kind of normal or depending the type of business you are in, uh, that wouldn't be anything really alarming because people's life situation can change, their priorities can change, so that should be okay. But anything above 10%, I would say you have to have a serious look. and. This is not about when you are already in a crisis situation. This is in general something that I recommend you do every three months like a check-in with yourself, with your team, and with your students to make sure that you don't even get there, that you kind of have to make crisis decisions, okay? So there are two things I recommend you do every three months at your school, at your studio. One is asking your students how you're doing. Because there are those people who talk to us like every, end of the class or beginning of the class or at the break or when they pick up the kids but there are those others who wouldn't tell us their opinion face to face but they would be okay to tell us their opinion over a survey uh, either anonymously or with their name i normally make it optional so people can put their name on them if they want to but it's not obligatory and then everybody can do it the way they they want. You don't have to prepare a survey that's super long. I would normally ask three questions. One is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is it that you will recommend us to a friend? This is number one. Number two is, what is it that you love most about learning with us? And number three is, what would you improve about our school, our services, our team? If you want to go into more detail, you can ask questions about the professionalism of your teachers, the communication, how easy it is to use your platforms, how easy it is to make reservations or cancellations or communication in general. But really the three main questions are the whether they would recommend you, what is it that they love and what is it that they would want to improve. This will already give you a lot of information and if you are teaching children this is a very interesting thing I wouldn't only ask the parents I would actually ask the kids at our center we even asked four years old how they are feeling what are their what their favorite things are and what is something they would change we created a like a, a printed survey with traffic lights to color in and we could get their opinions I once even changed the teacher because literally all the four-year-olds said they didn't like them. I investigated the situation a little bit and they were totally right. And then of course you have to do something with that information you receive. What I normally do is I create a dropout risk list. This is a list of people I think are kind of on the verge or we haven't heard back from them Or they don't show up or when they do they're not participating that much so a dropout risk list which I prepare by myself but I also consult with my teachers and I take action on each of these taking action is actually picking up the phone and calling those people and asking them asking them the same questions how they are doing and in these calls many things again can come out. And yeah, don't be afraid to take action. Sometimes some serious stuff comes out and if you are transparent about it, if you are ready to face it, you can turn dissatisfied customers into raving fans. Sometimes they won't be satisfied with their teachers, sometimes they won't be satisfied with your style of communication, You always have to understand whether their concern is really something that you want to make a change about. You shouldn't make changes about things that go against your values or don't fit your boundaries. But if they do fit and you can make those changes, you can totally turn the situation around with those people before they would decide to leave. So these are the actions I would take every three months. But there are also some very important other actions or other ongoing practices that cannot be missed if you want to run a successful center or a successful teaching business. One of these is communicating what you do, but also communicating how you do. So make sure you communicate very clearly your goals, your objectives the transformation you are offering to your students and how you are going to achieve that. And once you communicate a specific method or a specific uh, objective, make sure that your teachers and your whole team is aligned. I normally do this with a school handbook, which everyone needs to adhere to. Just like I have my terms and conditions with the students or with their parents, I also have my school handbook, which is like the do's and don'ts of our school, of our teaching business. What is it that we stand for, what is it that we do, and what is it that we don't do. If we are all on the same page, dropouts are much less likely because we are very strong in conveying the same message, our whole team, and if you are serious about this, your whole team will support you and they won't hesitate to stand their ground if ever needed. I also recommend you sit down with your team once a year and get clear on your goals with your teaching business. Like, is this a year of growth? Is this a year when you want to, is this a year when you want the changes of the last year settle and go deeper and And investigate what works what doesn't work or you want to open a a new location or you want to open up towards a a different niche so you have to be very clear to your team on what the year's uh, goals are and what your personal goals are as well if they know those it will be so much easier for them to adapt and also to represent what you stand for and also get to know their professional and personal goals. If you create this transparent environment, you can plan so much better. For example, if your teacher dare to tell you that they are only planning to work at your business for two years and after that they have different plans. Imagine how much more freedom there is in your overall communication between each other Because you don't expect them to act as if this was the place where they want to retire from (laughs) and you can both agree that this is a part of the of your life's past that you are walking together and there will be a point where where you will walk different paths if you can be honest about this it makes it so much easier to plan months and years ahead, both with your students and with your team. It might sound like something that's only possible in an ideal world, but (laughs) believe me, I have tried it and it did work for me. And it made my professional life and communication way easier than ever before. And of course, as at everything else that you do in your teaching business, you should make sure that it fits your dream student nurture cycle. If you don't know it yet, I'll show it to you right here. Um, This is a cycle that makes sure that we nurture our potential students before we turn them into paying students, and then we keep nurturing them so that they return and they also bring in more dream students into our world. And last but not least, a technical and practical element, your terms and conditions. Make sure that you have people sign contracts with you that don't just let them walk away without paying or asking their money back in the middle of a month, in the middle of a school year. Uh, I do offer money back guarantees, but normally only for the first 30 days. So do make sure that your terms and conditions also support a situation where it's not super easy to walk away from you. If you are firm with your terms, with your boundaries, if you are clear and transparent in your communication, it also increases the overall willingness of people to collaborate. And even if it happens, even if they have to go, have to leave, they will let you know and you will move towards more and more honest and transparent communication where you can mutually be open with each other. If you have any questions about any elements I mentioned today, please comment below or come to our Stronger Together community and ask your questions there. I'm happy to go into more detail about the survey, about the risk list, whatever you need more information on. I'm here to support you on the journey. And now, thank you so much. If you think this might be useful to someone you know, forward them the link, share this video with them. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that now and hit the bell so that you get the notification of the next video. Thank you so much for your attention. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Take care. Bye for now.